to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonor Kavoda. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So, uh, man, you know, there's been so much going on this week, and uh, it's been a long year too. A long it's been week. a long year, and it's almost <laughs> Christmas. Almost Christmas, and uh, you know, the thing is, um, the uh, Maricopa case wrapped up just in the nick of time for old Saint Nick, and. Now it's in the hand, hands of the judge. Yeah. And I think that they gave a strong presentation. We're going to play some clips from that. And uh, and then, you know, Zelensky, he went back home. After to uh, speaking kingdom. to Congress and the uh, president in a sweatshirt, as Tucker keeps pointing out. Yeah, but don't <laughs> let the looks fool you. Don't let the looks fool you because, you know, his wife goes to Paris all the time and to she, go she drops 40 grand every time she buys you know I'm, I don't sure, know where, it's, I'm I, sure it's more than that I don't know where she's getting the money <laughs> but I certainly don't have maybe they that. paid her to be on the cover of Vogue I would love to have that kind of bank man they're mm-hmm. getting all kinds of money like 45 billion more dollars from the omnibus yet you know um, Arizona Arizona they're they actually built a wall based out of containers mm-hmm they built a wall based out of containers. I saw pictures of the wall. Yeah. And I was like, that's a pretty doggone good wall. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So apparently those containers cost very little. Um, you know, I remember when Trump was trying to get $5 billion and the House, the House and the, the Congress couldn't get him $5 billion to build a wall. But Arizona built a wall. So the administration sued Arizona and now they have to take the wall down. They have to take all the containers and remove them. Can you believe that? That's ridiculous. That's, that just goes to show you that when they, all the time that they were telling you walls, walls don't work, smart power, drones, you know, sensors. No, no. Walls really worked. Well, that's why uh, they want you to take it or they, they want the state of Arizona to take it down because it did work. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's it's inconvenient for the uh, people violating our laws. It, you know, the, the, I remember when Trump said, yeah, 
and that is what makes Trump so great, right? Uh, so he crystallizes it so well. He goes, there's two things, walls and wheels. Yeah. Walls and wheels, they, they work. They work. We don't need to reinvent walls and wheels. Right. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. That's that, that famous expression. <laughs> but yeah, but the, th- but the thing is, is, you know, this brings everything very clear because, you know, you try to climb over a barbed wire fence, you, you might get hurt. But, you know, the Congress, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi's doing air kisses with Zelensky holding up the flag. And then you, you remember she was sitting in that same post where she was tearing up Trump's speech during the State of the Union. What a what a vile person! That was a disrespectful thing and, and to do this. to the sitting president. They found out new emails that state unequivocally that she was directly hands on with the security of J six. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi, they got emails now that implicate her mm-hmm. as botching the job, and not only that, but Trump is on record as offering up. Tens of thousands of National Guard troops yeah. that she rejected because yeah. this was nothing but a hoax. This J6 was a hoax, just like Russia hoax and the crossfire hurricane was a hoax. And just like the Ukrainian call, the perfectly good call that Alexander Vindman and Eric Ciaramella and Sean Misko, who, you know, basically Sean Misko and Eric Ciaramella were lovers. Eric Ciaramello was working for the CIA, embedded with uh, with the uh, NSC and the National Security uh, Council. And Sean Misko was working in the White House and then got a job under uh, Adam Schiff's watch. Um, and here, all they want to do is they want to attack one man. They want to attack the president of the United States, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, even with this new thing about audits, you know, they want to go into Donald Trump's uh, tax records. Well, they finally got him. You know, he had he had millions of dollars in losses. He's the only president in history that lost money after his presidency. Yeah. He didn't make money off the yeah. job. Not like Obama. Many other like, presidents became rich as a result of being the Clintons, president. The Bushes. And not only that, but Obama not only is buying houses in every waterfront in, in the world, Hawaii, Martha's Vineyard, the most expensive places in the world, along the Potomac, you know, in the Washington, D.C. area. I mean, he is spending more money on houses than Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And they bought a lot of houses. Yeah, they did. But here's the thing. They're buying them in Malibu, Black Lives Matter, yeah. right? And isn't that all that, all that is sea level, right? It's sea level. So what about this climate thing where you're, the water is going to rise because the ice caps are melting and, and California is going to be underwater before you know it? Isn't that what Ocasio-Cortez said? No, the climate thing is a hoax as well. Not just the Russian hoax, the climate hoax, um, the Ukrainian hoax. And now we got the J6 hoax. We got the Jussie Smollett hoax. We got the Bubba Wallace uh, hanging noose hoax. We got the Whitmer kidnapping hoax. I mean, the FBI is involved in most of these things. And when it comes to the Arizona election, guess what? They got this, uh, they got this woman uh, that uh, her name is, let's see, her, na- well, her name is right here. It is, why was an FBI agent from the cyber division named Corey Lorick posing as Arizona's director of elections for the 2022 midterms? 
And this guy, Jonathan, writes, definitely do not look into the background of Arizona's director of elections, Corey Lorick, or that the DHS, FBI, and DNC, and Soros poured $12 million into an EIP to attack conservatives online, or that funding finished right after she was installed to replace Sambo Dole, Perkins Coy alum, and they were meddling with Twitter, colluding with Twitter, and they got FTX slush fund money. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Bankman, Freed. For $250 million. He got Only freed. You, you too can be freed for $250 Bankman million. Bankman Freed got freed. Exactly. You made a little pun there, Scott Adams. So you know what's funny, though? He was on record saying, uh, I don't have $100,000. Yeah, I, I might have 100000 Right? That's what he said. So then next thing you know, he's got $250 million bail money, right? Yeah. It's like, no problem. Yeah. Chump change. Yeah. You know, but we all know we all, we all all know how uh, uh, bail works, don't we, yeah. Leonora? Yeah. You've, you've had some time time uh, to... No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, where were you going with that? I didn't quite get... I thought you were referring <laughs> no. to how we used to like that series, <laughs> Actually, uh, Sneaky Pete. We all, we all know how the bail system works, though. We, <laughs> no, really we con- don't really. I'm really <laughs> confused. Uh, no, we're uh, honest. We're honest and We're honest, honest people who haven't spent any time in jail. What, what <laughs> no, are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. But from what I hear, and not from experience... <laughs> uh, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, that was actually going to be a bad joke. A but, really bad one. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the, uh, bail, the bail money, uh, you don't have to really put up cold hard cash. You could put up like equity against a house or something like that. I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, you know, that guy <laughs> we really like that spoke at the International Women's Forum. Oh, wow. Um, uh, he was on tr- Tucker last yeah. night. And he, he basically was saying the same thing. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, let's Vivak <clears throat> Ramswamy you're talking about. Yeah, Vivak Ramswamy. Ramswamy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Well, like take a look at This is the mainstream media and how they just had this vitriol hatred for Donald Trump. I got this clip that I'm going to play and then you know, we got a lot of different sound bites and things to go through today, so we're going to start right now but this one was pretty good i'm not going to play the whole thing because it kind of it seems repetitious but it's just a a mile of evidence you know that uh, the mainstream media when they were talking about trump's taxes and he revealed his taxes the taxes came out and he took a loss um but he's still the richest dude in town he's still worth billions yeah you know he's not struggling but he is worth less today than he was when he took office. He took a big, huge hit. He made a great big sacrifice for our country. Right, because he felt it was necessary to do so. Now, I have a lot of complaints about his hires, you know, hiring Gina Haspel or Dan Coats or Bill Barr or Christopher Ray. I don't know why he did all those things. How about uh, Pence as VP? I was never happy with that. Um, but, you know, I always said... Uh, Trump is smarter than I am, and there might be a method to his madness because he always landed on his feet. And he has done some of the most remarkable and great things for our country, and we should never really forget that. We should not forget that. And there's a reason why it is that everybody is attacking Trump. Everything that's even being done today, 
like this new audit rule. You know, the uh, House audited um, uh, for Trump, they said for all presidents, right? But then when they were asked, did you get Bush or Clinton or Obama's, uh, did you request their records by the IRS? And they said, no, we just, the only person we requested from was Trump. And we're going to hear a clip that that resonates to that fact, I think. I think we might. Um, But I heard this clip, I think it was from Chip Roy or someone like that. But uh, could have been somebody else. But uh, let's take a listen to a little bit of this sound clip. This is kind of telling about our mainstream media. Journalism in America is dead. That's for sure. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about that. He's done. Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end. And breaking news. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. The call for impeachment. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. It was the beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshells. This is a very dramatic day and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? This is unbelievable. This is remarkable. Have you ever seen anything like this his presidency is crippled December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. We begin with the bombshell. The beginning of the end. 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 In fact, if this were a football game, we're in the third quarter. May even be the beginning of the end. We begin tonight with the bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. I do not think the president will serve out his term. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way, no how. Breaking news. Absolute bombshell. I think Donald Trump is in trouble. Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. The wall's closing in. This is going to be the Achilles heel. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today, the biggest tipping point for the Trump administration. What a historic day. The bombshells, uh, they fell. It's entropy and it's crumbling internally. He's underwater. He feels the walls closing in. Could his testimony be a turning point? We may be at a tipping point. It's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. So believe believe it or not, that was in chronological order, starting from like 2017 all the way up. We're Mm -hmm. up to 2019 practically Mm -hmm. now. And it just was this audio that was going off in a chronological order. And it just was never ending nonstop. Can you imagine Dealing with such a thing as that. Wow. You know, and um, 
The Mockingbird Press, you know, it, journalism is dead. We have this clip from Tucker, and I want to, uh, it starts off with the Nord Stream 2. That's making the news. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post came out and uh, basically said, oh, you know, maybe Putin did not blow up his own oil pipeline. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think? That's you think? like his main leverage yeah, yeah. point uh, for Europe. Um, so we we all knew it. And not only that, but Joe Biden admitted that he was going to blow it up if Putin did the things he did. So no surprise. But America, like a terrorist organization, being run like a, a the Taliban, um, denying people their speech, their freedom of religion, locking them down, no different than China, no different than the Taliban. The Taliban, where we totally mm-hmm. left Afghanistan yeah. incorrectly— and inappropriately, the way we left it, Trump had a plan. Biden just botched the whole plan. And now the Taliban's in charge. And guess what? Women, all women in Afghanistan can't go to school anymore. They can't go to university. They're not allowed. It's the new Taliban rule. Right. So they're, it's so they're the going backwards. the age of enlightenment. Yeah, they're, go- they're going backwards from all the progress <clears throat> they had made. Yeah, yeah that's right. And uh, does anyone on the left give two cents about the women in Afghanistan? No. They say they do, but they no. don't really. All they care about are the Ukrainians right now because Ukrainians, when they give $45 billion into Ukraine, it comes out uh, the other side and into the pockets of the politicians. That's why Nancy Pelosi was basically sleeping with Zelensky that night. I mean, they were like smooching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. You know, waving the flag around. And this money laundering scheme that involves FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried and their slush fund and their donations to the campaigns. It's a rigged system, folks. And we got to get to the bottom of it and we got to stop it. Um, But here it is. This is kind of an interesting um, clip because they basically, the mainstream Mockingbird Press starts talking about Zelensky as the the new Churchill, like Winston Churchill. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Yeah, so we said it on tape. I'm going to do to that pipeline what I did to Corn Pop at the pool at Wilmington. I'm going to take a chain to it. So he promises to destroy the pipeline, and then so does his number two at the State Department, Tory Nguyen, will destroy the pipeline, and then the pipeline is destroyed. And that hurts Russia. It eliminates Russia's leverage over Europe. Okay, so we know how that happened. But no, they told us. Russia did it. Putin blew up his own pipeline. That's how evil he is. That's how much destruction he wreaks. He doesn't just attack others. He attacks himself. Okay, now. That's what they told us. And some of us had questions about it. Is that really what happened? Oh, Michael Beschloss and his friends didn't like that. Anyone who asked questions about what happened to Nord Stream, which, by the way, sent more carbon into the atmosphere than any man-made event in history. So if you care about the climate, maybe be a little worried about what just happened to Nord Stream. If you suggested that the administration, the Biden administration, had anything to do with that, including prior knowledge of it, 
You were a Russian agent. Really? Is that right? Can you fill us in a little bit more? No, you're working for Putin. Foreign Policy Magazine, which used to be a real magazine, called any questions about what happened in Nord Stream a Kremlin talking point. Wow. Could it be they were lying? Oh, yeah, they were lying. Oh, they were lying. The Washington Post, of all places, now reporting, and we're quoting, some Western officials now doubt the Kremlin was responsible. Oh, you think? There's, quote, no conclusive evidence that Russia is behind the Nord Stream attack. Okay, so it's a binary here. It's Russia against a Western coalition led by the United States. So either Russia blew up the Nord Stream pipeline or the Biden administration had a hand in blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline. Those are your two options. So if Russia didn't do it, then the people who suggested maybe the Biden people were behind it were 100% right. So you'd think in a free country, in a democracy, you would get to discuss that in public, but you can't, and the press corps is not going to help you. They don't ask questions. We don't have that anymore. Here's what we have. Politicians and the press often toss around comparisons to Winston Churchill, but this time, minus the cigar and the whiskey, it fits. President Biden face to face with the man who was who has drawn comparisons to Winston Churchill. And in a dramatic wartime appearance, reminiscent of Winston Churchill in World War II. This was historic. Uh, some people have compared it to when Churchill came. Zelensky is very much acting in the Churchillian tradition. What could be a Churchillian moment? I mean, he is a modern Winston Churchill with an iPhone. Someone who probably is the most courageous and inspirational leader since Winston Churchill. Where Winston Churchill stood generations ago, so too President Zelensky stands. So you're almost saying that Zelensky's had a harder job than Churchill had. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is a historical figure. This guy actually can be compared to Winston Churchill, to Lincoln in 1860. So that kind of solves a mystery from last night. How can any self-respecting American sit there when some foreign dictator shows up wearing his workout clothes in the U.S. Congress and starts demanding, with a very apparent lack of gratitude, that we send him tens of billions of dollars when we're running out of money? How could you sit and put up with that? And then drapes a Ukrainian flag in our Congress. How could you put up with that? Well, because you're not a self-respecting American. You have no self-respect. You have no dignity. You don't care. You'll say anything. You'll tell any lie. You'll repeat any talking point. And when someone from the DNC or the White House sends you a note by text saying, compare him to Churchill, you do. Because you have no self-respect. That's the problem. So while millions of Americans can't afford to go to the doctor and we have no border, Our leaders and our media are imagining they're very close to Winston Churchill. All right. So this is clearly some sort of weird psychodrama that our ruling class is engaging in that gives meaning to their otherwise barren lives. The problem is there are potential consequences that could end the world. So the other day, Lindsey Graham came out, the Republican from South Carolina, and said that he agreed with Joe Biden and Zelensky. The real goal is not to move Russian troops out of Ukraine back to pre-February borders. The real goal is regime change in Russia. Watch this. How does this war end? When Russia breaks and they take Putin out, anything short of that, the war is going to continue. To ask the Ukrainians to give Russia part of their country after all this death and destruction is not going to happen. To signal a ceasefire, Russia will take the opportunity to rearm and come at them again. So we're in it to win it. 
And the only way you're going to win it is to break the Russian military and have somebody in Russia take Putin out. So it's, it's really hard to overstate how crazy this is. And you don't want to play shrink and wonder about, you know, what... M- so, so that's basically World War III. Yeah. And not only that, he sits there with his little uh, Ukrainian flag uh, on his lapel. And uh, Kevin McCarthy is sitting there with a Ukrainian um, handkerchief pop- popping out of his suit pocket. It's it's ridiculous. It and just... if you look at what's going on in popular culture everywhere, all the book publishers are publishing books about Ukraine. There are all these documentaries. This this it's constant news coverage. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, that that there wasn't a war in Ukraine. Of course there was. But on the other hand, you know, you you have to hear yeah. the whole story. Right. Now here's Donald Trump talking about uh, talking with Zelensky way back. Is the United States helps Ukraine, but I think that other countries should help Ukraine much more than they're doing. Germany, France, uh, the European Union nations, they really should help you a lot more. And I think maybe together we'll work on that. But whatever he can do in terms of corruption, because the corruption's massive. Now, when Biden's son walks away with millions of dollars from Ukraine and he knows nothing, and they're paying him millions of dollars, that's corruption. And I really hope that Russia, because I really believe that President Putin would like to do something, I really hope that you and President Putin get together and can solve your problem. That would be a tremendous achievement. And I know you're trying to do that. And stop corruption in Ukraine, because that will really make you great. That will make you great personally, and it will also be so tremendous for your nation in terms of what you want to do and where you want to take it. Uh, Thank you very much. It's a great honor. Is the United States. So Zelensky sat there like a little schoolboy, uh, nodding his head, you know. Tom, good for uh, Tom Cotton. Uh, no, Sean, Har- uh, Senator Hawley. Yeah, Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Josh Hawley. Um, I do too. Better than Cotton, actually. Um, but I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Um, he, here is what he said real quick. Um, well, listen, I didn't go to the speech because I, I didn't want to be he didn't go to the photo speech. op asking for more money from the United States government when they haven't given us a single piece of accounting on anything they spent. I mean, we spent $100 billion in blank checks. There's no accountability whatsoever, no oversight whatsoever. And meantime, our European allies are continuing to sandbag. We have spent more on Ukraine than all of the Europeans put together. And it's on their continent. Yeah, exactly what Trump was saying. The Europeans need to pony up more. We'll do a matching thing. You know, whatever the Europeans come up with, you know, we'll match it. Well, everybody else has to pay their fair share. Yeah. That's what Trump brought to the table. Yeah, he well, made that front and center. And he did that with NATO as well. And there's a really good um, show. I forget the name of it. It's uh, But it's with um, uh, the former Fox News, Fox and Friends weekend guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I watch it on YouTube. It's pretty good. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Clayton, Clayton Morris, Morris yes, yeah. and his wife. And his wife, right. yeah. All right, who's but, also a journalist. Yes. Yeah, and he's got some some show called like Re- the Recount or something like that. I forget the name of it, but uh, in any case, um, it's a good YouTube channel. If you search on YouTube for Clayton Morris, you'll find the show. Yeah, and uh, here's what he had to say about Ukraine. This is a different angle. Uh, and one that I haven't really heard too much about. But let's let's move on to this next story, which is Ukraine locking down Zelensky in the United States. So President Zelensky 
of Ukraine going to Washington, D.C. for the first time. The war now 300 days old in Ukraine since the start of the invasion uh, by Russian forces. But, of course, it had been going on for eight years before that with the genocide that's been carried out in the Donbass by the Ukrainian soldiers with the help of NATO forces. That's been happening for, for eight years, lest we forget that. On this show, we actually pay attention to true history. So we'll have more on Zelensky's trip in a moment. But first... Ukraine is on the verge of collapse. Zelensky knows it, uh, and the Ukrainians know it, but you're not allowed to talk about it. If you do, you get in trouble. You're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, the Ukrainian government is now enforcing stay-at-home orders. Do not leave your house. Lockdown? Sound familiar? You're not allowed to leave. I know you don't have electricity. You don't have wheat. You don't have water. You don't have heat. You're not allowed to leave your home. If you do, and if you're even talking about it, you will be punished by the Ukrainian government. No electricity, no energy by other means. Wow, what are you going to do about it? Ukrainians are being told to stay home, don't leave the country. It would lead to a mass migration crisis. Oh, now they're enforcing this? Now Europe wants to push Ukraine to maybe make this happen? Poland is about to collapse with 4 million immigrants from, uh, from Ukraine inside of Poland. Four million. A government that cannot handle it is absolutely collapsing right in front of our faces. Um, we learned today from Ukrainian sources that Zelensky's regime is trying to pretend that nothing serious has actually happened, uh, that they have already prohibited citizens from talking about blackouts. If you're a Ukrainian citizen... And I've heard from you, so you can, any any of you want to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you, but I know you're not allowed to talk, you don't have electricity, you probably don't have cell service either, uh, you're not allowed to talk about these blackouts publicly. Shh, don't let the world know about it. You're not allowed to talk about it. They pretend that those without, without electricity are part of what they're calling the unfortunate 1%. It's just 1% of you. Just 1%. There's, a, there's like 1%. You get the idea, it's a cover-up. And they're covering up the, these stories, and uh, you know it's um, it's disturbing. Uh, what's even more disturbing is because of the power grab that's going on with the money that's coming laundered out of Ukraine. Um, we're having uh, rigged elections uh, to cover up for the crimes that that are being yeah, committed. Yeah, I mean that's what this is all about. Like I said, I've been saying. You know, the Mar-a-Lago raid was all about uh, locking up the Crossfire Hurricane documents that were declassified by Donald Trump. That He had those in boxes, and that was the first thing. The second thing is the um, uh, referral for indictments for the J-6 in in infiltration from the FBI, uh, where they're going to pin that on Trump somehow, which is ridiculous. What they're going to try to do, it's, it's, they have no real chance of getting Trump. And that's that's not the goal. Yeah. The goal, they'll never win. But the goal in court, and it'll never really go to court. But what it's going to do is going to be a pretend hoax yeah. investigation, um, an active investigation and a court proceeding that's scheduled and looming but then canceled. And, and the reason why is because they can then, when Jim Jordan takes over the House, he's going to be like, I want to investigate J6. And they're going to say, well... None of those documents are going to be available anymore because they're part of uh, a criminal case against Donald Trump. Uh, then you say, okay, I want to get to the bottom of the Russian hoax and the crossfire hurricane and the FBI corruption. And they're going to be like, well, 
once again, that's uh, another Donald Trump. We, we raided Mar-a-Lago. We took those documents. They're under seal right now, pending an investigation, um, pending a criminal law- lawsuit. So, you know, that would hurt the state's case. So we, we can't disclose that information to the public. So that's what it's all about, folks. But meanwhile, you know, you ask for $25 minimum wage. I'm reading this little tweet. I'm watching this video. It's McDonald's, completely automated McDonald's. You ask for $25 minimum wage, you get first fully automated McDonald's in Texas. So once again, you walk in, there's not one person in this space. It's completely automated. You know, you can go into an airport and buy from Best Buy products from a kiosk. Right. And it's like it works. <laughs> it's actually not too bad if you can get a better price on a product because you don't have to pay $25 an hour salaries. Well, then I'd go with the price. Yeah. It's the same product. I don't need to be I get I you know, there's enough information online to figure out how how a camera works or how whatever you know yeah works. food involves uh you know some human intervention because somebody has to make it the way you want but so, you know what you minimize the the back and forth so canada is taking away everybody's guns they're banning guns mm-hmm. completely right yeah. and this is the thing about tyranny the first thing they want to do is take away your speech they want to divide you they want to segregate you they want to uh uh, tax you they mm-hmm. want to inflate you you know in terms mm-hmm. of inflation is a it's just a way to thie- to steal from you yeah um and so they have all this theft and um and yet uh we're finding out now by thomas massey uh who asked these questions to a to a a a, a person named john lott jr of crime research, yeah, we, you know, we, House, we've had him on the show. He's uh, he's written some books about uh, about guns. Yeah, and here's the case where uh, Massey from the uh, Judiciary Committee, and he is a uh, U.S. representative from Kentucky, Kentucky Fourth District, mm-hmm. asks a, a really good question: Circulation of AR-15s practically doubled during assault weapons ban. Uh, on 12-15-2022. Let's take a listen. In your opening statement, and I noticed something remarkable, a sentence here that says there was no drop in the number of mass public shootings with assault weapons during the 1994 to 2004 so-called assault weapons ban. Uh, Can you elaborate on that? One other thing I want to point out before I turn that over to you is one of the most horrific shootings in history was at Columbine, and it happened in 1999, five years into this uh, these so-called assault weapons ban. But can you elaborate on whether mass public shootings went down or up? Because today I've heard several times it stated that the 94 to 2004 assault weapons ban worked, and it's being proposed again. So I think it's important that we get the data and, and to the uh, document that the chair just introduced into the record, I want to say um, you are the only authority that we have here today on statistics and, and data. So if the other side would like to offer some some facts or statistics and data, I would welcome them to bring a witness that's as knowledgeable as Mr. Lott on this subject at some time. And I uh, ask Mr. Lott to answer the question. Microphone, please. Just one quick thing. You know, you look around the world. People seem to think that this only happens in the United States. 
If you just compare even Western Europe to the United States, does anybody know where the two worst mass public shootings were? They were in Europe. France, in November 2015, had 130 people killed. Norway, about a decade ago, had 67 people killed. France, it takes over a year to go through the licensing process. It costs thousands of dollars. You have to get two psychiatric evaluations to be able to go through. They have every law that every state in the United States has, plus more. And yet they've had worse mass public shootings on both total and per capita rates. Anyway, there are lots of different measures of mass public shootings. Uh, the only one that people look at who make this claim that the number of mass public shootings went down is by Louis uh, Clarivas, uh, who's at the Teachers College at uh, Columbia. And what he does, he, he has a different measure than anybody else. He looks at six or more people killed rather than the typical four or more. But much more importantly, he, has, he inconsistently includes cases involving robberies or gang fights. So most of the measures, the FBI measure for active shooting or for mass public shootings, specifically measures public attacks that are not part of some other type of crime like a robbery or a gang fight. They're trying to get at those cases where the whole point of the attack was simply to go and kill or or harm other people. That's not saying that gang fights over drug turf aren't important, but the causes and solutions to going and stopping the types of mass public shootings that get people's attention in the news media are very different uh, from the types of cases that you see uh, uh, that get the news coverage. The other thing that he does is you'd think he'd be looking at attacks involving assault weapons, but he lumps them together with all things. Even with his data, all the data shows that if it was a ban on assault weapons that was somehow causing a drop to occur, then the percentage of attacks involving assault weapons should have fallen when you have the ban and then should have gone up. You know, if if it's assault weapons that are driving the drop, and and then driving the increase after the ban sunset. But in fact, even with his data, what you find, because he lumps both assault weapons and other weapons together, uh, even with his data, the increase that he claims occurs during the 94 to 2004 period is driven entirely by non-assault weapons being used more during that period of time. But Anyway, it's pretty clear, uh, no matter how you measure this, uh, you're going to, it's, in fact, uh, Clarivas was an expert in the California assault weapons ban case, where I was an expert on the other side, and the judge says that, said, ruled that his evidence was contradictory and was not acceptable by the court. One thing also that seems somewhat disingenuous about this claim from the other side of the aisle is the number of AR-15s, so-called assault weapons or military-style weapons, that were in circulation and ownership in the United States practically doubled during that period because the manufacturers quickly changed the cosmetics. The ban was based on cosmetic features of the gun. Uh, And so the number of the people kept selling it. I bought an AR-15 between 1994 and 2004 myself because, in fact, they weren't really banned by function only by style. And, you know, half these Democrats, you know, um, if you ask them what an AR-15 stands for, you know, they would be like automatic rifle. Mm-hmm. No, it's not automatic. It's a semi-automatic. And the AR stands for Armalite. 
Yeah. Armalite is a brand right. that makes a rifle, Armalite rifle. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it's... It's amazing how these misnomers start. Now, here's a here's a little news story that I want to talk about real quick. Um, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, you know, the guy from the UK, right? The guy from the UK. <laughs> Who was never elected. He was never elected. Yeah. They didn't have an election for him. Right. They appointed him. Well, after Boris uh, Johnson the, the fall, fallout with Liz. Yeah. Yeah, Liz Truss and then Boris Johnson before that. It was, a, what a mess. The, the globalists suck. Let's just call it what it is. But Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, the chief globalist in the world right now, uh, well, <laughs> he's one of many. Um, how they've gotten into leadership is beyond me because, you know, when they do a poll, it's like 70% of the people don't want this omnibus. Yeah. Yet that's exactly what your representatives are doing. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing exactly what you don't want them to do. Yeah. Right. And it's only going to drive up inflation even more. And so, you know, how are these people getting elected if they're giving you castor oil that you don't want to eat anymore? And uh, the reason that they're doing it, the way they're getting away with it is they're rigging the system. Yeah. But Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was a founding partner of Thaleem Partners. Now, Thaleem is spelled T-H-E-L-E-M-E, Thaleem a major investor of 380 million pounds in Moderna who signed a five-year deal with AstraZeneca in 2013, 2013 to discover, develop, and commercialize mRNA. Sunak was the executive running the U.S. office. It's all connected, folks. These people are getting rich off of this stuff. All right, so this omnibus bill that we just mentioned, Chip Roy had a uh, really good uh, uh, speech here. Let's take a listen. Like We're down here basically in a fake debate. That's what we all know. I mean, the truth is, it's not like we have a body, the chamber filled here with human beings debating this $1.7 trillion while we're $32 trillion in debt. I would be happy to. Why don't we actually roll our sleeves up around these tables and do the work? But we don't do that. We're literally down here. We're going to do, what, 30 minutes aside if we even do that? Right? And then what? We're going to vote. We're going to vote on a rule that packages together, as I said, deeming has passed a House bill on federal agency reporting goals with a House amendment to a previously passed Senate amendment to pass a $1.7 trillion omnibus combined with a CR for an extension for a week in a lame duck Congress. Like, that's the truth. And the American people pull their hair out. They go, gosh, what on earth is happening in Washington? Well, I'll tell them what's happening in Washington. This. This is what is happening in Washington. We know what this is about. This is jamming through a bill at the 11th hour to get the political priorities of the current Democratic majority. And a handful of Senate Republicans are happy to do it so they can get pork. The House and the Senate has requested a total of $16 billion for 7,500 earmarks. The top requester, Senator Richard Shelby, ranking member of Senate Appropriations with $656 million. This is a nice little send-off for the appropriators in the Senate. But the fact of the matter is the American people are the ones who get screwed in this deal. They're the ones who end up losing their country with $32 trillion in debt. There is no justification 
for ramping up spending an additional 10% for non-defense discretionary after all the money that's been spent under COVID and using the Defense Department as the backs upon which you're going to place the debt of our children and grandchildren and say that, oh yeah, we're doing this for defense. That is just wrong. At what point are we actually going to do the work of the American people in the people's house? At what point are we going to actually debate? At what point are we actually going to amend? At what point are we actually going to live within our means and stop writing checks we can't cash? The American people are staring at us, they throw their hands up in the air, and they wonder what has become of the country that their brothers and sisters and dads and moms and daughters and sons have fought for. Why do we stand in front of that flag? Why do we open in prayer? Why do we say the Pledge of Allegiance if we're going to rip apart the flag right here in this body, in this chamber? Because that's what we're doing. Using backroom deals, dropping these bills on the floor, and not allowing us to actually engage in debate over these important matters. Ladies and gentlemen, the American people are tired of spending money we don't have, and they're tired of open borders. They're tired of empowering bureaucrats like the FBI. They're tired of forced vaccine mandates of the Department of Defense. They're tired of an IRS harassing the American people, allegedly for more revenue. They're tired of an NIH and a CDC making it up as they go along and shutting down economies and jamming it down the throats of the American people. They're tired of an EPA and a Department of Interior restricting Americans' ability to have reliable energy. The American people are tired of it. I hope help is on the way. I'm glad that Republicans seem united against this in the House. And I'm looking at Mitch McConnell when I say this. Do your job, Leader McConnell. Do your job and follow the wishes of the American people who gave a majority to Republicans in the House of Representatives. And let's stop this bill. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. (laughs) And he makes a lot of very good points. Yeah. Well, what we're trying to avoid is we're trying to get to be a sovereign country again. Our country has been overridden by foreigners and uh, foreign influences like uh, Zelensky or, you know, which is really the ground zero for globalism. And uh, there's none other uh, more globalist person than uh, than um, uh, Jane Goodall. Right. So we got this Jane Goodall. We're going to take a listen to as in the anthropologist. I believe she was an anthropologist who worked with the chimps. But this is the thing that scares me. The people in charge of wanting to reduce the population of, of the world are the people that are in charge. And they're the ones shooting stuff in your arm and, and, uh, denying you energy and causing you inflation. Let's take a listen. We cannot hide away from human population growth because You know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. We cannot hide away. Yeah, well, and then we got John from Chicago on the line. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Ah, well. um, Well, she's actually a primatologist and an anthropologist. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened with John. He called twice. But well, maybe he'll try again. Yeah, um, I just got to make sure that it doesn't ring through. Um, we got this uh, archaic system. Um, but in any case, all right, well, um, here's here's another thing um, that I wanted to talk about here. Climate scam. There's a tweet that says... Uh, Batteries do not make electricity. They store electricity. They, uh, 
They store electricity made elsewhere, primarily produced by coal, uranium, natural gas, and diesel. Only fractional amounts of electricity are produced by wind, solar, and hydro. So your argument that an EV is a zero emissions vehicle is a lie. So, you know, that's always been the case. Then the other part is the inflation. I think that inflation is an attack on the middle class. And the Fed has never raised rates faster. We are all test subjects in a massive economic experiment. The Fed is hiking further and faster than any time in modern history. It's unbelievable. When you look at this chart, it's an incredible thing. And it's going to crush the economy. Elon Musk thinks so. But listen to this. Inflation will destroy Western civilization like it did before. Now, you could say, well, the Fed raising, uh, doing the rate hikes is to combat inflation. But every time they do the rate hike, it hurts Americans' spending power. That's number one. Number two, despite what they're doing, you got a very incompetent Biden administration mm-hmm. that keeps spending $1.7 trillion and putting that, injecting that into the economy, right. devaluing the dollar and creating more demand and pressure on the supply chain without any people working meaningfully to, to, to produce the supply chain. So You mentioned we're in a big bubble. Can you elaborate on that? And how is this likely to play out? When you print money on the scale what modern nations are printing it, Japan, the United States, Europe, etc., we're getting into new territory in terms of size. There's never been anything quite like what we're doing now, and we do know from what's happened in other nations, if you try and print too much money, it eventually causes terrible trouble. And Volcker, after the 70s, took the prime rate to 20% and the government was paying 15% on its government bonds. That was a horrible recession. Lasted a long time, caught a lot of agony. The troubles that come to us could be worse than what Volcker was dealing with and harder to fix. Think of all the Latin American countries that print too much money. They get strongmen and so forth. That's what Plato said happened in the early Greek city-state democracies. One person, one vote, a lot of equality, and you get demagogues, and the demagogues lather up the population, and pretty soon you don't have your democracy anymore. I don't think that was a crazy idea on Plato's part. I think that accurately described what happened in Greece way back then, and it's happened again and again and again in Latin America, accessed by all former standards in terms of money printing. Think of how seductive it is. You have a bunch of interest-bearing debts, and you pay them off with checking accounts, which you're no longer paying interest. Think of how seductive that is for a bunch of legislators. You get rid of the interest payments and the money supply goes up. It seems like heaven. And of course, when things get that seductive, they're likely to be overused. If you stop to think about it, and because it's so tempting to get rid of your debt by just giving a guy a non-interest-bearing checking account where you used to have to pay him interest every month, Not only do we have a serious problem, but the solution to it that is the easiest for the politicians and for the Federal Reserve, too, for that matter, is just to print more money and solve the temporary problems that way. And that, of course, is going to have some long-term dangers. And we know what happened in Germany when the Weimar Republic just kept printing money. The whole thing blew up, and that was a contributor to the rise of Hitler. So all this stuff... See, it's... it's, uh... 
we're heading no place good fast. <laughs> so we have another story we want to uh, yeah. talk about. Sean Hannity admits in deposition he didn't believe Trump voter fraud claims, yeah. not even just a little bit. And that's because there's a lawsuit against Fox from Dominion, uh, a defamation lawsuit for, I believe, $1.6 billion. So he was one of the people that were being asked to testify under oath. And and there are, are others who, according to Dominion's lawyers, uh, the last, the guy's name is Shackelford, have said that uh, that that they didn't believe it either, including uh, the, the host, Meet Cooper, and uh, the primetime star, Tucker Carlson. So it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting when you get into a lawsuit and you put people under oath oath it's interesting what they're going to say so before we uh, get out of dodge oh, i do want oh, to do one, one last thing i just wanted to add to that that the reason why you know he has to say what he has to say is if you're being if you're in a court case you you kind of have to say no i didn't say that you know right. you, you're gonna if someone says were you speeding no i wasn't speeding you might have been speeding a little right. bit but you know, I think it's it's it, a lot of people are mad at Hannity right now, and I, I don't necessarily think that they need to be, um, because he, you know, what you do in a court case is a little different than what you do on a free speech plane. But uh, the other thing is, um, DeSantis, Florida Supreme Court approves grand jury to investigate mRNA COVID nineteen vaccine manufacturers that's going to be huge with regard to discovery absolutely now, Leonora has a couple yes of i have a couple yeah. of things completely unrelated uh since we, uh, you know we are coming up you know on the last week between christmas and new year's i just want to mention a few things that i've written at the at spectator.org um, i'm part of a christmas uh, book list where i recommended bonfire of the vanities as a read uh, it's celebrating its 35th year that's uh, tom wolf's uh, famous book and then also i wrote a review of John Croft, who's an attorney uh, who happened to have attended my alma mater, Denison University, but he wrote a book called the color capital of the world about his legacy with the American Crayon Company, which is a really interesting story about small town America, Sandusky, Ohio, and what happens when a crayon company or any company becomes the company uh, town organization and then it falls apart. And then finally, check out the over this weekend, my recommendations for Christmas movies. Excellent. Um, you know, one of the movies you and I got to see uh, last year that I like a lot is Love Hard. Yes, it plays on Love Actually and Die Hard. Who's the comedian that was in that? Uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Yang. Jimmy Yang. Yeah. Yeah. In any case. Very good in a, in a part against type. Yeah. It's a Hallmark kind of uh, Christmas story. But very story, appealing. But, but yeah. one of the better ones that I've seen. It's called Love Hard. Um, if you want to check that out. And I think it's available on Netflix. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, that's right. Uh, not that we like Netflix around here, but there wasn't a lot of um, there wasn't a lot of cross dressing in this one, so that was good. No cross dressing in it at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. This might be the last show we do, be you know, uh, for the Christmas um, season. Right. Yeah. And in any case, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can because it helps the Scott Adams Show and Red State Talk Radio. Also, when you go over to MyPillow.com to buy your Christmas gifts, use Red State as your promo code. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravota, and from the Scott Adams Show, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to their knees.